When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey guys, I'm Si and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Show. This is episode number 42 and uh, we have a lot to talk about after three Cage Warriors events in a row and then a massive UFC 253 event. So uh, with no further ado, joining me to talk all this is former Cage Warriors world champion and UK MMA legend, Mr. Danny Batten. How would you goes it, mate? Yeah, really good. My goodness, it's been MMA overload, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. There's uh, been lots, loads of good fights and stuff. Yeah. Um, like, we'll go through the UFC cards fight by fight, but we'll talk Cage Warriors first, and we'll kind of just, uh, like, skim over it, really, um, mm-hmm. pick out some of the standout performances. So you had Cage Warriors 114 <laughs> Thursday night, which uh, was kicked off by Oban Elliott versus... Uh, Mikhail Figlak, um, Oban Elliott was highly touted by everyone. Everyone thought he was going to come in and continue his hot streak, um, me included. Um, I couldn't see him losing, but uh, Figlak was exceptionally impressive uh, in every way. Oban started okay first round or so. He was not too bad, but he faded and he didn't have the same power and pop. Uh, he has since said on... Uh, Facebook that you know he gave all the credit to his opponent, but he said that the the weight cut uh, had given him a few issues, and basically I think he didn't feel like he had the same power and pace that he would normally get. Um, and you know with the team that he's got around him and the people he trains with, I fully expect him to be back and learn from it. Um, and as we've discussed, Dan, before sometimes those undefeated streaks can be more of a hindrance than a than a than a positive i think someone like jack shaw who is quite quiet and you know just doesn't really do a lot of great deal of talking outside of the cage mm-hmm. i think it's all right for that but i think when you allow oban who's quite vocal quite mm. you know promotes himself a lot rightly so um yeah it i think it adds pressure doesn't it it can do yeah i mean it really depends on your personality type um i think you, you can either tell how it affects someone by how they're performing once that record starts to bloat and it's still unbeaten. You can start seeing the pressure creep in that way. Um, but yeah, or, or they come out and, and say it, but 
yeah, who knows? Uh, with the performance that we saw there from Oban, um, yeah, definitely something lacking. And he's still doing the, technically the right things. He just looked like in every exchange, his opponent just had a little bit more about him. Um, yeah. Just looks, just looks stronger, a little bit more lively in every exchange, and it wore down on Oban. Um, it, it was it was sad to see, but Oban is such early stages of his career, and like you say, he's under under amazing tuition, amazing camp. Um, he will be back from it. Yeah, I'd be. You know, he, he'll come back, and I I wouldn't mm. I wouldn't want to be the fighter person who fights him next. I've got to be honest, because he'd have so oh, much to prove. Yeah, um, absolutely. But credit to Figlak, I thought he was after. From what I said to you just now, mm. the fights I or what the little I'd seen of him previously, I was not in, that impressed, and that's why mm. I was very confident that I thought Obama was going to win. Um, you know, I know a bit more about Obama, and I know him as well. Um, I was very confident that he was going to bring it home. I was surprised, yeah. but you know, weight cut can do funny things to the body, as we know. And mm. at the end of the day, it's the fight game. And uh, anyone can win, anyone can lose at the drop of a hat. And full mm. credit to Mikhail Figlak and his brother later on won as well. Um, the other, uh, it would, I, later on that evening, then in the Cage Warriors one one four, we had uh, we had Adam Armasinger versus uh, Connor Hignett, which uh, Armasinger won via unanimous decision. I was really impressed with Armasinger again. His footwork, yeah. his his boxing. Sure. Uh, striking, I thought it was really good, but I also thought his um, his grappling was pretty good too. Yeah, he one thing he's doing very very well is each of those elements that he does well in are blended so well together. They're quite seamless. He he'll strike and then shoot to blind the entry. Um, on the ground, he transitions really smoothly to to these half positions where he can get ground and pound off. He's not mincing around too much with submission attempts. He's getting straight back on that work train in those positions. You know. Um, yeah, he impresses, impressed me quite a lot in the last few fights that I've seen him do. Clearly making improvements each time in the gym and consolidating them each time he performs. Yeah, and I think um, I wouldn't be too surprised to see him move towards that flyweight title. Now, flyweight, is he? I think he is, yeah, same as Luke, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's... Uh, maybe not the next fight for him, but maybe a fight after that. Being Could, a yeah, for Luke. he's... Within two fights, absolutely, I agree with that. I wouldn't be surprised if he got a shot at it now. No, and he's it wouldn't been that be impressive, out, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and it wouldn't be out of place for him to. But uh, I can't think of the other name off the top of my head that uh, Luke's probably going to face, and he's a he's a bit of a monster. He's going to yeah. certainly test test Luke in every way. But so will Amazinger. Yes. Uh, they faced each other before. Okay, you know, not to make any excuses for Luke, but the last time they fought, Luke Luke was pretty damn ill. Should never have yeah. stepped in there. But um, but he did. He made a good account of himself initially. But Amazinger come out victorious in that one. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see them two get it on again. Uh, and next up, we had Aaron Khalid versus Mick Stanton. I know you haven't seen this one. Uh, all twenty-eight seconds of it. Uh, it just began. Stanton came out swinging wildly at Khalid, and I thought, oh, I'm not sure about that for a, um, a strategy straight away. Mm. Uh, Khalid hit him with a keg, head kick, which Stanton did block. But I think it did hurt because he straight away went to take Khaled down um, and Khaled basically put him out with a bravo choke. Um, right. And yeah. Was, you know, it was, yeah. It was um, very, very quick, very impressive. Like, um, Aaron Khaled just looked like a monster. I've got to be honest. From the kick he's to a, the choke. He he's a scary dude. Yeah. He's yeah, a scary exactly dude. Like he's, 
he goes in there with presence. He really does. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. very impressive. And he was, you know, I know he was trying to get a, t- a title fight for the Saturday because the welterweight title had been uh, the challenger had had to pull out. Unfortunately, they couldn't get it done, which would have been, you know, I really feel like he would have had a good shot at that. So yeah, would have been an interesting one. Yeah, I'm very sure he'll be in that title picture soon enough. Yeah, absolutely. I will um, have to watch it straight after. The thing is, I was trying to catch up on so yeah, much, so much MMA. I, I thought, right, that one's a short fight. I'll put it, I'll watch that one, you know, towards the latter part yeah, of the night. Sure. But, uh, you know, we was getting later and later getting on, so I, I missed out on it in the end. But I will catch up on it. Uh, then next up, we had the other Figlak brother, Mateus Figlak, fought uh, Flaminos. Uh, again, didn't last too long, minute 50. Uh, uh, fig This... This Figlak brother, I thought, was equally impressive, if not more impressive than his brother. Yeah. Um, just backed up Figlas with, uh, sorry, Fil- sorry, Philemus with a wild striking exchange. Attacked him with some leg kicks, took him down, choked him out. That was it. Right. Good night. Uh, very, yeah, yeah. very impressive. Uh, and a good night for the Figlak brothers. Uh, yeah. Jake Hadley versus uh, Charge Superman Hack. Uh, with Hadley picking up the win uh, 3 minutes 43 of the round 1 Jake Hadley is something special i got to say uh, Yes. Very. we said last week in our predictions that mm. he uh, was highly rated and oh boy I was impressed yeah 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 he's uh, good he knocked, right knocked him out cold with a finish knocked him out cold with a uh, what was it, it was a high kick and then he followed it up with a combination but yeah. uh, oh boy uh, and then the main event for that night was Luke Shanks, your former student, obviously been on the channel before. Um, we all tipped him to beat Samir Fadeen. Uh, he won by unanimous decision, but uh, this fight going to decision, I think, is uh, deceptive. Um, so the stat is, it is the most one-sided title fight in MMA, uh, or most, not even title fight, most one-sided main event uh, since Franklin versus Lussure from UFC 58, mm. which tells you uh, it was a 22-point difference. Uh, the final mm. score was 51-41, 51-42, 50-45. And I have <laughs> to say, that third score, uh, mm. 50-45, I think yeah. is very generous. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Very, very generous. Mm. But Luke Shanks was exceptional. Tell me about it, mate. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know what his game plan was because I know their gym, although they're well rounded, they 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 showcase their striking very well. Um, and whenever we've had Luke Shanks come back to to train with ours, you know, when he visits back to um, his local area of Northampton, um, we we always see that his striking's getting crisper. He's keeping his feet underneath his shots a little bit better. So I thought he was going to showcase his striking more, but um, the guy he was up against look quite a sizable dude and I just think once Luke latched up to him and got success with the takedown and felt the groundwork I think he just felt the recipe for success and just kept going to a go-to so maybe he adapted on the job from the original plan because um, he was getting hacked at the leg a little bit Luke um, Luke's got a southpaw stance and and he just you know lunge with his shots a little bit so his his base can be a little bit wide so he did leave his lead leg out there and it was targeted by his opponent somewhat so whether that was a choice to adapt for the takedowns i don't know um but if it was the case it was a good choice because it certainly led to a win and a really dominant one at that yeah i think maybe people who don't watch a great deal of mma they see the size difference because luke is quite small isn't he um, yeah yeah he's not, he's not the most 
he's not muscular in any way. He's not bulging with muscles or no. a six pack or anything. And um, you look at that and you think, oh God, you know, Luke is going to win that from the strikes. And if that guy gets hold of him, it could be trouble. But actually, mm. it was Luke who just kept getting hold of him, taking him down, and just pummeling him. And yeah. um, it was so impressive. Um, and I think I was surprised because there was actually a more impressive performance in my opinion on the on the main event of the Saturday um, but actually this you you know without fear I've never seen a fight be so one-sided a fighter be so dominant mm. and it's go to a decision um, yeah. you know, he did everything but stop him um, so massive congratulations to Luke because um, it was huge um, huge for him and he was he, when I interviewed him or when I had him on them the show he was he spoke of his he was so disappointed when the the fight was initially called off um because you know he felt like that was his time that was his yeah you know i this is i'm coming to get my title and i think he felt that even more on on yeah. thursday it was almost like in his head he'd already won it but not from yeah. a like an arrogant point of view but from a determination and a focus there was yeah. something you could see uh, there was a certain level of focus in him that you know you only see in top level fighters mate at the end yeah of the yeah well uh, you know i don't know luke's you know tight personal details but i know something that did come out was the fact that he was living at the gym Incredible. and whether that was whether that's for you know pure dedication purposes but i think part of it was the fact that his finance uh, financial situation is, mm. is not the best yeah, I'm not certainly not, not saying a debt or anything like that, but what, what I mean is with the COVID and stuff, it become quite hard being up in Scotland job wise. Um and but it just goes to show he's willing to do what it takes no matter how hard. You know, having this difficulty with the COVID scenario just never stopped him finding a way to show more commitment and, and it showed through in the performance. He was so, so fit. And that's the thing with Luke. Um, you know, sometimes his technique can be a little bit scraggly. But he comes with such tenacity and such conditioning, and he's got one hell of a strong mind. I mean, this kid is, is as tough as they come. There's only a few people you'll come across where they come across with this mentality that's it's almost godlike. You know, Tom Burns is one of them as well. These people just can't seem to be hurt and show it. They just got so much heart. They can be exhausted, they still push forward. They can be hurt and they still be push forward. Um, so I knew it was going to be in for a treat, and a treat we was, you know, we was yes. uh, we were showing. I was shouting at my TV. Oh, um, me too. <laughs> so uh, then Friday was the night of knockouts. Um, there was started off with the uh, Irishman Ian Gary, who uh, I'm hoping to go on the show soon. Ian, if you're listening, because I know you follow the the channel, hit me up. I want to get you on. Uh, massively, massively impressive performance by him. Um, he won uh, in the three minutes seventeen of the second round via TKO, TKO strikes. Uh, it finished with Gary uh, nailing McManus with a head kick, followed by some body shots. The body shots were brutal, um, and then Gary levelled him with a second head kick, and the referee was having none of it. Uh, the head kick was weird. If by going by my memory, I believe he didn't go down. He kind of like stumbled but he was out on his feet if i'm right. remembering correctly like i'm going off the top of my head but yeah very impressive have you seen that one uh no i didn't see that one but uh yeah I, that's one i'd recommend seeing because he and gary is the future um, right. of, of irish mma 
most definitely. Uh, we had Wesley Meyer versus Adam Wilson, uh, which Wesley Meyer won via TKO stoppage right at the end of round one. Or actually, it was in between rounds. Uh, the referee determined that Wilson couldn't continue and he waved off the fight as um, mm. in, as the first round finished, basically. It was um, yeah. it was a weird one because uh, Maya uh, backed Wilson up, landing a kick to the midsection, he, and then he attacked Wilson with like some combinations, throwing some leg kicks. Um, it wasn't looking too like it was good uh, offense, and it was, but it didn't look like he was going to finish him at that point. Um, and yeah. then he dropped him like multiple times with leg kicks, um, and he accidentally kicked the head of Wilson whilst he was down, and the fight was halted. Um, and then the fight resumed. They kind of got into a striking exchange, and Maya dropped like a swing. Wilson was swinging, and he dropped him with like a counter punch. Uh, I think it was a left, and then he pounced yeah. on him with some more strikes. And then the round finished. It was a definite ten-eight round. Um, right. My only question with it is: Did the head kick uh, have any impact on how Wilson? Because straight after the head kick, when the fight resumed. Wilson came out swinging, um, right. and that kind of played into his opponent's hands. But but right. Ian Gary, Ian Gary, vast, very impressive, real dominant mm. performance. Um, right, could have been a ten-seven round if you ask me. Man, mm. real good. But uh, I like the look of him. I enjoy watching Ian Gary yeah. a lot. Uh, Jack Grant versus Belhaj, Yasin Belhaj, uh, with Jack Grant. Jack Grant picking up the win with a beautiful, beautiful guillotine choke. Uh, in two minutes sixteen of the first round, uh, again, yeah, yeah, wins, I watched that one. Some of these he fighters was, been so impressive. Yeah, he was on him like a rash. It just looked like two different classes there. Well, how good was his grappling though, Dan? Like, yeah, exactly. Way, it was just how sharp. quickly, how quickly he had it on, and he was yep. like locked, and there was no getting out of it. He was just, it was really, I, I can say it again, impressive. But yeah. I've got to say. Uh, Big shout out, by the way, to Graham Boylan. He paid all the fighters who whose fights were called off because of COVID-related reasons. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like they, you know, they pulled out or they didn't make weight. All the fights were called off. Everybody made weight. Uh, every single fighter for every single fight of the three days made weight. Um, but they, they had a few pull out because of COVID reasons. Uh, Graham Boylan paid them all. Uh, I thought all three shows were fantastic i thought the production and the camera shots of everything was superb right up there with the you know the ufc and the best sporting events you'll see anywhere um so a real big shout out to the cage warriors because i thought this was massively impressive and an enjoyable show which looked the part as well looked like a world-class event yeah. and um i have to say i thought the vast majority of these fighters looked like they came with something to prove and like they wanted to make a name for themselves and I really believe a lot of them made a statement um, Jack mm. Grant was another one of them superb finish with the guillotine chuck um, then we saw uh, Craig White what turned out to be his retirement match uh, he lost via arm triangle choke to James Webb this is becoming James Webb's uh, it's almost like a uh, in wrestling, they like a finisher. It's like the move he uses every time. But uh, yeah. it's his go-to move. He, it works for him. Um, triangle choke to finish it. Look good. Um, Craig White, been a fantastic servant for Cage Warriors over the years. Mm. 
and you know wish him well for his retirement another another one i'd love to get on the show to just to talk about his you know his incredible career for cage warriors and european mm. mma uh, wish him well for the future yeah did you see that one uh, dan no 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 yeah you did because no, oh, yeah, i know oh, that was the other one sorry oh, i saw the other one previous um, and then the main event for friday was jack cartwright versus gerardo fanny this yeah, I watched that was one-sided. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you make of Jack Cartwright's performance? Cartwright is just uh, such an animal. Such an animal, yeah. Um, he doesn't look like he's that strong, but he just he shrugs everything off that comes at him. And then when he's putting it on someone, it's like they're helpless, physically helpless against everything that he does. So, he reminds so me, strong. Sorry to interrupt you, mate. He reminds me, in his style, he's like Khabib. But he hasn't got the body size and body. No, he don't look shape much to of look at, Like even when he does that pose where he tenses up everything and puts his shoulders forward, he still looks really small. And you know, yeah. I'm not disrespecting him in any way. Like rip mm. my arm, rip me to pieces. But like I just mean he doesn't look like much. But you put him in that cage, he Gerardo Fanny is like no mug. He comes from that French gym where Ngannou trains. They've got yeah. like a conveyor belt of top t European talent mm. scattered all around Bellator, UFC. They've, it's a really good gym yeah. and one of the best gyms in Europe. And uh, Jack Cartwright just decimated him like, him, like he was yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, and he's another one, mind. I, I can't see him being in Cage Warriors for too much longer, i got to be honest. Cause no, he, he, I think he's the sort of guy who Jay Dana White likes as well, isn't he? Like he's got a personality. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think I would like to see that very much soon. Just get him in UFC. There's a few of them who, who spent time they moved on up. Yeah, Jack Cartwright versus uh, one of those Welsh boys in the UFC in the bantamweight Ooh. division. Like, yeah, that would be good. That interests me. Yeah. Or even Jack Cartwright versus Nathaniel Wood. Yeah, that would be a good one. Absolutely. Um, when that UFC London card eventually happens. And then we had the Friday, uh, Saturday, uh, Cage Warriors 116. And, uh, you know, we've had the Mason Jones on a couple of times. He's been on the show and, um, you know, he speaks so well. He's uh, very confident in his ability. And uh, boy, oh boy, did he turn up. But we'll, uh, we'll discuss that in just a second because before that, we've got uh, one of your highly rated students. I know you were... Uh, you rate him exceptionally highly for someone who's so inexperienced and so young. Um, mm. And I've, again, I've spoken to him a few times. He's been on this show. He's been on some of the other shows. I had uh, an exclusive interview with him last week. Um, Georgian Vucinic beat the very experienced and capable Steve Amiable via a split decision. Um, right. Got to be honest, I was a bit confused by the split decision. I thought Jordan did win it quite comfortably. Not comfortably, but I thought he was a clear winner, shall we say. Yeah. He was but, uh, uh, doing the yeah. right strategies. It was close on the feet. Uh, Anibal was closing down on Jordan, making Jordan have to fight a little bit going backwards. Um, but Jordan has got a tactical mind, a strategical mind, and he knew that, hey, this is close on the feet. I'm going to engage and, and take some advantage up against the fence or with the takedown. And he did that in two of the rounds. So, yeah, I was a little bit surprised that he went to a split. But, come on, it, we just know that you can't leave things to the judges ultimately because you just don't know which way it's going to go. But it did go in his favour and rightly so. Um, yeah, we just got to move on from that now. Uh, but what you know, what a win because Steve's such an experienced uh, yeah. opponent for Jordan to face, and Jordan is gaining experience on the job. 
um, you know, Jordan performing in the gym is performing world-class level. Um, there were a couple of mistakes that he knows he made because I spoke to him, you know, quite quickly after his match. He knows what kind of mistakes he made, which he doesn't make these mistakes when he's sparring and competing in the gym. Uh, so that just goes to show me, you know, it's a little bit of, a uh, little bit of just, you know, being Anxiety, useful and young. nerves, yeah, young. Uh, I don't know whether it's it? that. Yeah, he's just um, trying to get his pressure performance up. I mean, it was not a bad performance. It was a great no, no, performance. No, no, no. It really, really was. And I just, I'm very, very picky. I will pick out the mistakes. But you've got it on you as um, a coach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but there was so much that went well. And, um, you know, these these few wrong things, you know, hey, you know, it weren't wrong enough to have the decision to go against him. No. We got the result. We're going to move onwards from that. And I just you know, promise you that each time you see Jordan, you're going to see a, a, a better Jordan each time. Promise you that because this guy just grafts. He grafts. He travels all over to get um, sparring in. He travels all over to get extra technical knowledge in. Um, he's well-grounded at BST also. Um, very, very, very close relationship with all the coaches at BST. Very, very popular lad. He's, he's going to go far. Well, even just... Like I had him on the unscripted uncensored show, then he came on our show, then I did those uh, exclusive interview with him ahead of Cage Warriors, and like I speak to him fairly regularly on text, and that like we get on really well. But like he's a very likable guy, but you can tell yeah. like he is. He reminds me a lot of um, like when I've spoken to Ben Ellis, when I've spoken to Jack Shaw, they're so focused, like they just yeah. They just want knowledge. They want to watch people train. They want to watch people fight. They want to listen to coaches, experienced fighters, other fighters, and they want to learn. They want to pick yeah. parts of every fighter, make it their own, and yeah. take it on to just make themselves better. Um, and like I was watching his fight, and I thought, yeah, he's won this, won this. But I was nervous then when they, because you just never know with judges. And then, um, and then afterwards, I was thinking, I wonder if I, I think I was thinking, oh, he might be disappointed. Because he had said to me that he wanted to, you know, he wanted to finish him and make a statement. But I mm. was thinking afterwards, I was thinking, look, like you can't just walk through some of these experienced guys. Like they, mm. you know, they've been around the block. They can take a punch. They can take a kick. They know what they're doing. And and in many ways, beating someone like Steve Amiable over three rounds, com uh, not comfortably, but but clearly. I think is just as impressive as beating someone in 30 seconds and you don't really get to see how good they are. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't learn anything if Jordan knocks him out with like a spinning back elbow or something in 30 right. seconds. You don't learn anything about Jordan there. He doesn't no. learn anything. Like you just said, he's learning on the job. If he yeah. wins in 30 seconds, he doesn't learn anything other right. than the feeling of the big fight feel. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas three, sure. three rounds of against the uh, experienced quality guy like Steve Amiable, I think he'll have learned a lot about himself and there's plenty for you know for you guys to work with. And you know, he's training with guys like Modestus who's in the UFC and Tom Moons and Richard Moons and all these other guys who are, you know, very good MMA guys, very good um in all aspects of MMA, but also they're experienced guys mm. uh, for him to learn from on a daily basis. And like you say, he goes around different places as well. Yeah. Um, I look for, I can't wait to see his next fight. And I think he said he wants to fight on the November card as well. Um, yeah, he's just keen. Just yeah, he's very keen. What it was like to be young and hungry, Danny. Yeah. I'm still yeah, hungry. Yeah. I'm just not young. Um, uh, I'm, I'm hungry just for grub. I just yeah. want to eat all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then next up, we had Sam Creasy, another one. 
who uh, will be on the show soon. Uh, yeah. I spoke to him last week. I was hoping to get an exclusive with him uh, Friday, ready for Saturdays. But unfortunately, he was cutting weight and he, he didn't feel up to it, which is fine. You know, I, I knew mm. that these guys are... Um, that when you're going through a weight cut, it's very difficult to just... Yeah. You know, you don't want to be talking to me. I get that. Um, <laughs> but he defeated Nicolas LeBlond, who's another one who's, uh, you know, he's no mug. Uh, I thought Sam Creasy was very, very impressive. Uh, he won yeah. 29, 28, 29, 28, 29, 28. Unanimous decision. What did you make of Sam Creasy's performance, Brent? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, the only criticism I've ever had of Sam is that he's got really nice, sharp striking. He's got his wrestling together quite well. He, he, he knows his grappling really well also. It's just his defensive form. It's just his reference point on the feet. At, his hands are extremely low. Mm. And he would have been world champion by now in Cage Warriors had he not had his hands low. Uh, I think it was actually Luke Shank's opponent, wasn't it, that uh, yeah, knocked him out the last it. time? Yeah, and he was winning it. And he had his hands low. And uh, if he could just tighten up his form a little bit, you know, this guy is still relevant to to tout to be the top yeah, in I that think, division. Yeah, but I think he mentioned that, actually, uh, in his profile. I think, I might be wrong. I might be confusing. I've watched so much MMA. could confuse him with someone else. But um, I'm sure he said afterwards that in that third round, he, um, you know, he felt like he was confident, you know, he was winning the fight and stuff. But he felt that he needed to, you know, really focus and get his hands up and stuff to make sure he didn't get caught. In that mm. last round, um, yeah, I might like, I might be confusing him with someone else. Um, right. Then next up, we had another one of your fighters um, who sadly he lost. Uh, Tom Moons lost by a unanimous decision to Kieran Lister. Um, however, there was no shame in this, and uh, I actually I uh, on my card I had Tom winning. So yeah, uh, it is what it is. But what a fight! It was fantastic. Yeah, to watch. Tom did not disappoint. He only disappointed the thing the fact the result didn't go his way. But um, sometimes I, I, I get the feeling that when a fighter's unbeaten, sometimes the judges are yeah, really close. They, yeah, and uh, but Tom had the guy backpedaling all three rounds, and the only time anyone got hurt was when Tom caught him with the overhand on two occasions. Um, Tom was being really diverse, so whenever um, his opponent was throwing up that head kick, as soon as he'd done that head kick and placed his leg down, Tom would count a leg kick him and, and come back of his own. I just felt like Tom did enough and was controlling the cage enough to get the nod myself but maybe I'm being biased I'm looking through biased no, I, I, I thought that as well um, i got to be honest and I saw a few people saying the same thing right. uh, on social media and stuff so I do think that maybe that was the case yeah yeah. Um, I, yeah I was not disappointed I think Tom's really showcased the fact that he's not just a grappler because in his early career I think he was a bit of a sort of like grinder on the feet you would get you up against a fence, grind you to the to mat, submit you and ground and pound you. But he's showing that he could strike with the best of them and, and giving away natural size. I mean, this isn't Tom's natural weight. Uh, I think we were discussing this, wasn't we, just before we come on air. Yeah. But, you know, Tom's having to fight lightweight because his, his work life is just so over, you know, it's a struggle for these youngsters. I think people don't appreciate, you know, what these fighters go through. And yeah, they, they will just work in full-time yeah. jobs. They, they just think that all these guys are just training full-time. It's not the case for many, many of them. And Tom's, unfortunately, one of those ones that, you know, he's working at one job one week, another job another week, and they're always high-intensive labour jobs and, and weird hours as well that he's done. And yeah, for sure. not been easy for him in camp. But you know what? He showed a lot of commitment 
him turning up. He got himself an amazing shape. You saw that with the way he pressed forward for three rounds against a much larger opponent. Um, once things settle down in Tom's life, I'd like to see him go back down to featherweight at some point. He knows that's my intentions for him. Um, and I think he'd be hard pushed to, to, to be beat of anyone, any level in that weight division. Um, when you think he's performing as good as he did against someone as experienced and as, as good as Lister and as big as Lister is. I think Lister's fought up at welterweight as well, hasn't he? Yes, he has, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know, just give that some reflection uh, on that performance as well. So we are going to see more of Tom. He's just you know, had a real hard time in his personal life, really hard time with his work. Um, and oh, with yeah, his training, came, he came back from a, a <coughs> horrific, he had that yeah. horrific injury in Bellator. Then he had to mm. pull out of a Bellator fight. Then he took mm. that Cage Warriors fight on pretty short notice, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the real Tom Mearns who turned up that day. Yeah. And I think that this was the real Tom Mearns. This was what the, you know, why when we first talked, and I asked you, you know, who's in your gym, who's who's who should I look out for, and you said mm. Tom Mearns straight away. Um, yeah, and I was a bit familiar with him from Bellator anyway, but we talked about him at length, you know, off air, on air, um, yeah. and I felt like this today, this on Saturday was was the real Tom Mearns. This was what we've been waiting for for the, you know maybe the last year or so, eighteen months. Um, yeah, and I think when I spoke to Tom last week um, for that interview, I and even when he was on the show last week, he just seemed different to when I first spoke to him you know about a year ago he seemed mm. focused he seemed not that he didn't before he just seemed more focused he seemed relaxed and but in the right way not like relaxed not taking it seriously just like relaxed I'm comfortable with what I'm doing I'm comfortable with my weight I'm comfortable with my training and this is what I want to do and I'm gonna go and do it and I was I was impressed by his performance mate I really was I felt yeah. like after the disappointment of his last couple of fights, to go in against someone like Lister and perform, and you know, let's be honest, probably win the fight, um, and someone who's fought a weight above as well, like the weight above, a weight above, really for Tom, isn't it? Because mm. Tom is, like you say, really a featherweight, and this guy had fought a weight again, a weight again, uh, a weight above again in welterweight. So I thought it was tremendous performance by Tom. Um, then we had the co-main event, which was uh, Paul Hughes, the Irishman, versus Aidan Stephen, uh, the Scotsman. This was a very enjoyable fight, mate. Um, back and forth. Do you see this one? Uh, I started to watch that. Uh, then, you know, we had to come on air. Yeah, So, um, yeah, I didn't get to fit that in. But, uh, yeah, the Irish lad come out really hyped up. <laughs> he looked yeah, like he looks he young. Doesn't he look young? Yeah, yeah, very, he's, very much so. He's really young. He looked like he was uh, chuffed at the bit to get in there. He's so, like um, rear naked choke early, like all the way through, wasn't he? Um, right. He in the first round, he was looking for his back all the time. So it's mm. clearly, you know, it's clearly something which he's, uh, what's the word? Like he's he's clearly looking for that. It's obviously a strength of his. Mm. But they, they, I thought it was a very enjoyable fight. It sort of a bit of back and forth. Um, right. Was you obviously you've seen the early parts of this? Yeah, what did you make of it? Well, it looked like those. They both had good games. You know, they they were they were well matched uh, in terms of like creating a a good viewing for the spectators. Um, yeah, we're going to see more from from both of these guys, I'm sure. Yeah, both highly rated. 
Um, yeah. This finished with, uh, what was it? A rear choke via uh, Paul Hughes when in the four minutes 21 at the third round. So right, right. you know, 30 seconds left of the fight. Um, and yeah. He got that rear naked choke fight. Yeah, which I, he had been looking I, I mean, for. I, from what I was seeing, I can imagine he, he eventually ground, ground the guy down, I take it. Yeah, was it, was he, it, was he, it the he, case? He's kind of looking for it and looking for it. And where he's a bit smaller than the other guy, he was able to kind of slip around his back while he was stood right. up. And he yeah. actually put the rear naked choke on while the guy was stood up. And you know, right. like a rear naked choke is often with both guys. Like sure. The guy applying it is on the underneath almost, isn't he? Yeah. Um, with the other guy on top of him. He was actually leaning forward with the choke on. Okay. And, um, yeah, the guy had nowhere to go. Um, but I saw enough from Aiden Stevens, uh, Aiden Stevens that uh, I really, you know, I think both of them will do well. But I'm very impressive for Paul Hughes. Him and Ian mm. Gary, two Irish guys, uh, I thought did, you know, some some real good stuff on Saturday and th- yeah. uh, Friday. Uh, yeah. And then we had the main event. And uh, I didn't think anyone was going to outdo uh, Luke Shanks in terms of a performance. Uh, but Mason the Dragon Jones uh, was going up. He's already the lightweight champion to fight for the welterweight, vacant welterweight champion versus a very experienced and large Adam Proctor. Um, I saw a few uh, experts, shall we say, from the MMA media saying that Adam Proctor would be too much for him. He'd be too big, he'd be too strong. Mason Jones, uh, he shouldn't take the fight because it's going to damage his reputation, etc., etc. Um, number one, if Mason Jones had lost, I don't think it would have damaged his reputation no. because he's fighting a way up and you've always kind of got that to fall back on, haven't you? And he's yep. been so, so dominant in his own weight class. However, uh, Mason Jones destroyed him. Yeah, I mean, Proctor did look massive in comparison. He did look big. He he had height, he had build, he had had just general length uh, advantage. But Mason Jones' boxing was so down the pipe and so tight, so, so tight. And Proctor's defence was actually really, really good. I mean, he won't give him much of a gap, but Mason Jones found it. And he found it on one occasion in the round, which obviously led to the win. Uh, really good stoppage as well, uh, because it was the second time Proctor had got knocked down, and he was receiving a lot of a lot of hits, although partially defending them and trying to transition. I think for the, for the fact that it was the second knockdown and accumulating more damage, um, I think that was actually a really good stoppage. I'm so pleased for uh, Mason Jones. Yeah, he absolutely deserves to go down as one of the one of the legends of cage warriors now being so dominant in his weight class yeah. and then stepping up against some a, a huge huge guy and then showing that he had more power than that guy utterly yeah. utterly impressive get this guy in ufc yeah it was the power one that, that, that i think would have surprised people who weren't aware of great it technique previously. great um, technique but yeah i um i was just overall i just thought wow like everything which i thought he was going to do and we thought and we discussed happened didn't it? he just poured it yeah. on him he was too much for him he absolutely bloodied his face up he was just the elbows the punches 
just everything. Yeah, and even when he at the end there, when he's got Proctor's on the floor and Proctor's trying to hold him off with his legs, he yeah. just throws his legs aside and just nails him with these punches. And then he holds him against the cage, hitting him with these elbows, just bloodying him up. The ref yeah. gives him as you know, Mark Goddard. I thought did a tremendous job. Uh, it's one of the all, best all three days. Uh, he took a lot mm. of cri criticism a couple of years ago. Uh, for some of the stuff he was kind of getting involved in or doing, he was having a bit of a back and forth with Conor McGregor. But ever since then, um, and I think that's when I became more aware of him. Uh, and ever since then, I think he's done a tremendous job. He really was impressive for all three days. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, like just giving enough to the fighters, but still protecting their safety. Superb. Yeah, yeah. Mark got got, got out. You know, a lot of people don't realise what he does behind the scene, but. You know, he really pushes and advocates for this safe MMA, which a lot of people yeah. have a gripe with because you've got to pay for it. But, you know, he tries to push the, hey, look, this is here to keep the fighter safe at the end of the day. We have to keep it safe because if you, you get anything untoward happen, that could be the end of MMA in the UK. And yeah, absolutely. As we know, France has only just recently, uh, I think it was in December, allow MMA to be um, to, to, to be held in, in, in France. Uh, you know, can, you, can you imagine us going through that which could happen you know, we don't have a proper governing body but he works behind the scenes a lot to try and create a governing body that could protect our sport and, um, and keep everyone safe in the MMA community and obviously that's what the main job of a referee is um, you know, they try to keep the, the flow of the bout going but more importantly the safety of the fighters and I think he's one of the best referees out there spot on mate and um I couldn't have put it better. And also, uh, you mentioned a minute ago that, um, who was it? I forget which, which fighter it was, but uh, you called him an animal um, because of just his brutality and how good he is. Um, and I would, I'd put Mason in that category. Um, yeah. But what I would also say is his call up, uh, or his call out on the microphone after the fight was as good as any promotional mic work you'll see from an MMA fighter anywhere mm. in the world. He, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I have not. So he basically said, Dana White, find me your biggest, your baddest lightweight and I will destroy him. Doesn't mm. matter who it is. Doesn't matter if it's your champion. Doesn't matter if it's your number one contender. You find me your biggest, baddest monster and I will take him down. And I was like, wow. That, that yeah. What more can you do? Um, and I know that Mason Jones is going into camp on Monday. So there we go. Yeah, yeah. he's walking the Make talk. Of that. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, can you imagine they just put him in with Khabib for the title straight away? <laughs> said, said like, you know, take the take have three titles if you can, and then he, and he becomes the one. <laughs> But uh, no, I'm only playing, obviously. But uh, look, I said to you in jest a couple of months ago that the Welsh were coming to take over the UFC. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're making an impact like the Irish did. You know, once you had Conor yeah. McGregor, you had a few other top Irish people coming through. Um, yeah, it looks like the Welsh are the the new nation to hit UFC hard. Yeah, and when you look at some of these guys, I, I got to say though. Uh, the guys coming out of the UK scene generally, um, they just look like it's really promising for the UK. You've got yeah. like guys like Modestus, you've got Jordan, you've got all the Welsh guys, you've got um, 
Nathaniel Woods already in there. Then you've got guys. Um, what's his name? I can't remember the guy we were just talking about. The the an the animal, as it were, uh, on Cage Cart, Warriors. Cart, uh, Cartwright. Cartwright. Jack Cartwright. Yeah. You've got Ian Gary. You've got so much talent coming through. And when these guys, if they keep progressing the way they are at such an incredible rate, when these guys hit the UFC, I do believe you will and could, and you probably will, end up with multiple British, Irish, UFC champions. Because yeah, yeah. I believe that they're that good. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what, one guy that could make it as a champion is that Leon Edwards. He's really making an impact. Got to get him He's... fighting first, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I um, yeah, very enjoyable three days, mate. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's move on to UFC two five three. There was a lot of hype around this show. Obviously, Paulo Costa and uh, Israel Adesanya defeat um, Paulo defeating Paulo Costa by a TKO strikes to retain the title. Um, so. Uh, it's really uh, a very interesting show, this one. There was a lot of good fights. One thing I want to touch on before we get to the main show, which we're going to focus on, um, was a couple of the fights on the on the prelims. Um, right. So this week, there was a bit of a hubbub because Conor McGregor released some DMs, or like photographs of DMs between him and... Um, so private messages between him and Dana White where basically Conor McGregor said after his fight against Cowboy, I want to fight. And Dana White said, who? And he said, who is there? Um, and one of the names which Conor said was Diego Sanchez. And I was like, Diego Sanchez? Really? Like, I just thought Conor McGregor would destroy him. But, like, mm. I know Dana, Diego Sanchez has had some amazing fights over the years and he's very experienced and he probably deserves that like that one big big fight that big payday but Diego Sanchez did it what he the one thing he didn't want from this fight was to lose convincingly mm. after all that talk of Conor McGregor maybe having a fight with him and then he lost convincingly in my opinion yeah it doesn't interest me just no. to see that fight, Conor McGregor and many other fighters would be a much more favourable pick for attention. But um, yeah, Diego Sanchez is is past his prime. He's been in many wars. I do respect the fact that he can still motivate himself to get in shape to get in there. But even his body's starting to look soft. He's looking a little bit soft around the edges in this bout. And still has his tenacity. To me, he's always looked uncouth on the feet. He's not had very good footwork ever in his career. He's really not good coming forward. And this is why he gets caught in wars, because the only way he can get in on someone is to take some flack and stand and trade in the pocket. But this guy knew better of it and was playing counter and cutting angles on Diego. And really, they looked like two different classes. Um, Diego still got the cardio there. Like I say, he must train really, really hard. I don't, don't doubt that. I don't doubt the passion for the sport. Um, but I just think, Skill-wise, uh, along with the fact that he is getting older now, I, I just think he's coming ever increasingly more irrelevant regards to ever staying in that top 15 or getting in that top 15. I just think if he chooses to stay in it longer, it, he's just going to be a gatekeeper at best. But I, I would like to see Diego Chances really uh, hang those gloves up. Um, I, um, I, got, I just 
Jake Matthews made, so I thought was impressive though, and he looks he was. like uh, I liked in his post-fight interview. He said, "I'm uh, give me more legends. I'm going to become the legend yeah. killer." And I'd like to see him. I'd like. I think that's a good route for him because I don't yeah. necessarily think he's ready for like your top level younger guys just yet. Right. Yeah. Like your top ten guys who are like at their peak. Not that he would embarrass himself or anything like that by any means. I just think he's not quite there yet. But I think right. fighting guys who've had great careers and got a bit of a name, I think mm. that could be the good way for him um, to build his experience. And yeah, what stuff. weight was that at? Because Diego has been floating around with his weights. What weight did they fight at in the end? Was that a welterweight fight or a lightweight? Because just thinking, lightweight or welterweight, I would like to see him fight, uh, oh, what's his name? Jimmy? Um... Manoa. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. You know, he's another sort of ageing guy. If he wants to fight people who are being classed as legends. Uh, oh, my goodness. I'm so bad with names. You are terrible uh, with names. I can't think of anything as Jimmy. Hang on, wait, wait, wait. I'm just going to look through here. Yeah, so it was uh, welterweight. Ah, uh, was it welterweight? But uh, yeah. he's fought up at welterweight before, so... Oh, what is his name? I'm so bad. <laughs> uh, it's honestly, it's awful. I just can't bring is up names of Jimmy? things. Yeah, Jimmy. And what weight does he fight up? He fights light at lightweight. Uh, I think he's been around the weights. So I think he may have Jim been featherweight. Yeah, Miller. That's the one. Yeah, that could be a good fight. Yeah. Um, you know, I watched him and Cowboy, uh, Cowboy won uh, eventually, but Jim Miller, you know, giving away a hell of a lot of height and size, natural size, but he gives a good account of himself. You know, yeah, that's, a, that's a possibility there. You know, if he wants to take out legends, I mean, to me, I've been a massive fan of, of Jim Miller. I think he's mm. done fantastic uh, and he's still pretty relevant. I think more so relevant than someone like Diego Sanchez. So, yeah, maybe that could be something that could could be put up and put on yeah for sure um okay and then just quickly i wanted to mention the the kind of main event of the prelims i guess um which was uh brad rydell versus alex de silva alex de silva is like they've been hyping him up quite big uh brazilian lad uh i thought brad rydell was really 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 impressive in this fight uh he won by unanimous decision but i just thought he gave uh Gave De Silva a bit of a, a bit of a lesson, maybe. Um, yeah, De Silva was looking, young. young and... It was still, it was still a close fight. I mean, yeah. um, Alice De Silva looked really dominant in that first round. I gave him that first round, but Brad Brudel really, he just pushed down on the grind button, didn't he? Um, yes. And he just, he just squeezed in on uh, Alex De Silva, sort of like all round. He just, his work ethic was was incredible. Um, and then you had that little incident where. It was thought that it was an eye poke, but it wasn't. It oh, was the... that, was, that, that annoyed me, that did. Yeah. That, that really the, annoyed me. Again, I, um, you know, even Rydell didn't sort of question it. He, he was unsure of what happened. Um, and I think for Alex De Silva, I think he didn't know whether it was a finger Probably or not. Probably felt like when, an eye poke, do you think? Yeah, because um, the thing is, if you've only got certain sizes of these gloves, uh, and sometimes with the hand wraps, the gloves are obviously a little big, bit, bit bigger than your natural hand. And when you're clenching your fist, if I can get my hand in there, your glove can protrude away a little bit. Mm. Uh, so I'm trying to get in focus here. Though, um, the glove can, can protrude away. And whether he, he, as he punched, a, you know, the glove poked him a little bit in the yeah, eye. Yeah, he just seemed to catch him with his finger. knuckle, didn't he, or, or something. Yeah. And, um, and, and for the refs, it depends whether they're on the correct side and whether they're, 
able no, to I see. I didn't the... think the referee was supposed to go with because um, he seemed to go with like what the the fighter was saying. It was an eye poke rather mm. than him seeing it as an eye poke, and I, I think... didn't think they were supposed to do that. So yeah, that I was think my it was because it. I think because uh, Alex de Silva sort of went holding his eye, and and Rydell was sort of he didn't argue it, did he? No, um, he didn't know. Yeah, and I think that's why the ref thought, oh, okay, there's an understanding, there was an eye poke there, let's just give him his potential five minutes. But um, it seemed to just spur right along, and he was even more dominant, wasn't he, after that? Mm-hmm. Uh, he just really put it on Alex De Silva. Both of them were very impressive, uh, to be honest. I'd be really excited to see Alex De Silva fight again, and, and super excited to see Rodel uh, fight. Rodel's got almost like that ch- uh, that Chandler style about it. Yeah. Kind of looks like him a bit as well. But right. yes, you, yeah, see, you just love good. Chandler. You see, yeah, everywhere. Chandler's good. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a good guy. I think <laughs> no, he's brought maybe. a lot to the sport. I think it's a shame that Chandler's just not been in the UFC sooner than the uh, that he is now. But he he is there now, and, Could and be that's a UFC all we champ can... in a few weeks, mate. You, you, you never know. You absolutely, never know. Yeah, stranger things have happened. Absolutely. Um, yeah. All right, we're already fifty-one minutes into the show. So let's go on <laughs> to uh, the first fight of the main card was uh, Hakim uh, Dawoodu. Versus uh, Zabaya Turgoff. Turgoff. Yeah. Goff, I yeah, his off. name's a T- bit. Zabaya, we'll say. Uh, he won by a split decision. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, this is one of the ones that I, I went for, just to, to say I do get right. something. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. How can, he, he's rangy and I like his striking. Um, I've got quite high hopes for this kid to start making a, a breakthrough into the higher ranks. Mm. Um, and I think he looked pretty impressive. Um, he did. Uh, Zabiro, we're going to call him, was that? Zabiro? Zabaya. Zabaya just looked at, at just a little bit slow. Just a little bit slow. Yeah, um, I think it's just his style. Um, I think he got successively at the end of the first round with the takedown um, and kept trying to go there. But... Uh, Davudo showed amazing balance, amazing balance, because he got entered in on with some takedowns and was was hopping on one leg all, all the way around the crazy nearly 360 degrees, but still stayed stood up. And I think he was getting a little bit frustrated with uh, Severus uh, backpedaling in that third round. He was shouting at him, wasn't he? Putting his arms down, saying, come on, fight. Um, yeah, he's getting a little bit frustrated because I think he had loads of energy to burn and want to trade off on uh, Zabiro, but Zabiro kept pedaling away. Zabiro was, I know it's the way he fights, he's very much like of that Dagestani kind of type of wrestler where he's um, wants to get it to the ground if possible and very grappling orientated and if that's not there, they will kind of stand off until the sh- they can shoot in to, to, to get that offence. But yeah. from I don't know whether Zabiro thought he had, was winning um, but to me, I just couldn't understand, like in that third round, uh, Zabira standing off as much as he did. Because... Uh, his leg, his leg was bothering him. He he'd oh, received a few leg kicks. Um, yeah, he, he, his footwork was going a little bit astray. Still, if you want to win the fight, you got to. Yeah, uh, well, he was trying to. He was. He he was. He was trying really hard for those takedowns, and like I say, uh, Hakim showed some amazing yeah, capabilities with his takedowns. Yeah, yeah, I know he did get taken down a couple of times, but you could hear Khabib shouting at him to get in and go for yeah, the takedowns. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Interesting. But um, yeah, I, I'm becoming a fan of Hakim. I am kind of yeah, excited. Yeah, it's very uh, impressive. I, 
yeah, this guy has got some tenacity about him. He was patient with his strikes, but fairly precise. I, I do think that he felt that he's got more uh, more cardio than he got to express in there. But like I say, I think his opponent was just backpedaling. It was frustrating him a little bit. Um, I kind of wish he didn't resort to swearing and putting his hands down, doing what he did, because you've got to be careful doing that in the UFC. They don't normally take to that too nice. But it just shows his passion for wanting to trade off and let's see who's best, stop running away, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I'm a bit of a fan of Hakeem. I'm going to be looking out for this kid. Yeah, this is, uh, he was a very good, very uh, dominant. Intelligent, intelligent, intelligent fighter. performance, yeah. Mm. So, uh, he got the personality as well to, yeah, to gain yeah. the kind of the mainstream attention as well, if he can put together the win streak. Um, then we had uh, Kate, Caitlin Vieira versus Sajira Banks, which is, was an interesting matchup with Vieira ranked seven. Uh, Eubanks ranked 13 yeah um, this one went to decision as well with uh, Vieira picking up the victory via unanimous decision 29-28 times 3 um, yeah what did you make of this one mate yeah um, it wasn't the most enthralling of the female bouts that we've seen I think it's just no. like depending on styles and I think their styles just kind of didn't blend well for an eye-catching um but, but I just think it's a, the fact that we've actually been so spoilt with some, some of the female bouts. Yes, we have. Um, we've seen some incredible. So really, you know, if we really step back, it, it was a, a good fight between them both. Coming up next week as well. Yeah, we have. Yeah, but um, I, I just felt like they both actually performed pretty well. But uh, for Eubanks, she, she was just falling foul to the, the takedown, even though there weren't amazing amounts coming from from the top position of, of Vera, it was enough to keep slip, you know, snipping away at those rounds and she kept, kept dropping those rounds. But, um, yeah, Vera's striking wasn't as crisp and wasn't as technically as good as Eubanks. Eubanks definitely had better-looking technical strikes. But overall, with the completion of the MMA styles, she, she was just she was just lacking somewhat. And, and Vera's just kept on, like I said, pinching those rounds, kept kind of keeping it close with the strike. And she looked bigger of the two as well. And yeah, I felt like some of those takedowns were perhaps a little bit of a size issue between them. But, you know, well done, Vieira. Um, yeah, yeah, she's, she's going to be moving up. And, yeah, it, it is. And she's she looks like she can certainly push some of the higher-ranked girls. And she's still in development as well. She, we, can, we, we can see that she was making some errors and she's technically not so crisp just right now. But, you know, those, those kind of things are going to be closed in and uh, they're going to start getting sorted out as she gains experience. Well, yeah, she's um, she'll probably move up to like sixth or fifth in the rankings. Uh, yeah. Just above her, you've got um, Irene Adlana, uh, Raquel Pennington, uh, Juliana Penner, Aspen Ladd, Holly Holly Holm, who's fighting next week, Jorane Durandamia, and then obviously um, Nunes is your champion. Uh, I'd quite like to see her go against like a Raquel Pennington. Um, yeah, that, that would be, be good. A good little. Uh, tussle and then if she beats Pennington she's got to be right up there for a, either a shot at the title or maybe the gatekeeper in Durandamia uh, yeah. so it's be interesting to, to watch how she progresses Yeah, um, she's had, uh, she's definitely adding into to the mix of things and it's needed in the women's divisions, they're, they're a little yeah, bit lacking as you rich, names, rich. Yeah, and you know she's a new one that's coming up in the mix like I say, okay, right now at this level perhaps not ready to break through into that top five but I think we have another couple of fights under her belt I think she could definitely be there. Hundred um, percent. Next up, we had Kai Cara France versus uh, Brandon Royval, uh, with Cara France ranked seven. 
and uh, Brandon Royval ranked number nine. This was a really exciting round. Uh, it only lasted yeah. 48 seconds into the second round. But, yeah. Uh, Jesus. Had th- this had fight of the night as well. Considering yeah. Well, you I'm think how surprised. short it was. It's uh, yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I've seen a Cara France fight before. You know, really explosive striker. Uh, but Brandon Royval was really impressive. Really, really sharp in, in everything that he did. And had cardio. I know it didn't go on long to, to truly see the cardio, uh, you know, in the, 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 the amount of work and speed. That yeah, he isn't it? Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. He he looked really really good. Looked a little unpredictable as well. I imagine he's um, kind of a nightmare opponent. Really, it's hard to sh- strategize for. You kind of have to sh- slow him down. But yeah, Cara France had no answers for him. To be honest, um, he did rock him at one point, didn't he? Momentarily, yes, um, he did. but then soon he got rocked, and then uh, Brandon come up with that. That switching elbow—I don't know what you call it. He dropped down to one knee and threw that spinning elbow, elbow spinning back, back, elbow, spinning back elbow. I mean, what creativity! What creativity! And that's Did you um, off balance as well. Yeah, I mean, he got it's he, even he got, more impressive, didn't it? He got rocked and then comes back with something really flamboyant and successful with it and counter rock Cara France. And um, but Cara France—he's still still up there, still good in Very my mind. Um, I just think that Brandon Royal just—he's a new kid on the block. Yeah, I was looking at the the, the flyweight rankings. Uh, Brandon Royval was number nine, and Cara Francis seven before this fight. I'd imagine Ooh. they'll probably swap um, in the rankings. Pretty much, I agree. Um, yeah, I really like it. Rank number six is uh, Juicier Formiga. I would really quite like to see him face Brandon Royval. Or uh, ranked fourth and fifth, you've got Perez or Pan. Uh, Pantoja, I'd like any of those three versus Royal You know that they're going to be fireworks. Any one of those matchups will be fireworks yeah. for that stylistic fire. And in even Cara France versus one of those as well, I'd be quite interested mm. in. But also, like, do you remember when um, Mighty Mouse was flyweight champion and he was dominating the division? Mm. The flyweight division just seemed dead, and yeah. that's why I think they let one of the reasons they ended up letting him go. But I look at that top ten now. You've got. The champion is Figueiredo. Then you've got Joseph Benavides, Marino, Moreno, uh, Askarov, Perez, Pantoja, Formiga, Cara France, uh, Bontorin, uh, Royval, and Schnell is your top ten. That's incredible. Wow, that is thickening so up nicely. Creativity mm. and, and just a bit of everything there that is suddenly very, very exciting to yeah. see. Um, Okay, so uh, next up we had do, 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 the first title fight of the night. Uh, Jan Blauchevich versus Dominic Reyes for the uh, vacant light heavyweight championship, which John Jones uh, vacated. And yeah. uh, this was ex- pretty good to watch. I thought Dominic Reyes f- fell into... Blauschwitz's trap, and I thought Blauschwitz set up the trap perfectly. Yeah, I, I really, they were both striking quite well, but um, Jean was landing the crisper scoring shots. He was unusually scoring a lot to the body to to the lead side, which is. He was setting it, it up, though, don't you think? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I it. think 
I absolutely think you're, you're right. I think he was trying to get him to move into the direction of his cross hand. And, but boy, did he stop weltering. You literally saw one of the kicks land and there was instantly a welt on the side of his body. And that welt got deeper in colour. Um, must have been pretty uncomfortable to keep receiving strikes on that side. So no wonder why I started moving into his power side. But yeah. um, I, I, you know, I, this is another one that I predicted, right, as I am um, redeeming myself. Uh, I knew Jan's pretty special. Um, and I liked it that he actually played out what seemed to be a strategy. Um, I really hoped that that was the case. It was a strategy and, and it didn't just fall into place by mm. chance. If that was a strategy, you know, his camp's on, on point and um, it, him as a strategical mind being able to put it to play, he, he's on point too. And I do, it did seem like he was setting Ruiz up and it was just beautiful. Ruiz has really got to reset himself now um, and try to make himself look relevant in, in the next match whatever he gets I don't know who would he have now it's kind of getting interested in who would who'd be matched up with who because there's well, a few people out John Jones straight away yeah, and John yeah. Jones said on social media maybe I'll nah. come back and get my title but I don't want to see that now I want to see John Jones move up to heavyweight yeah. and to do something different um, so yeah. look, light heavyweight division um, we've got so you've got Tiago Santos Santos um, so Santos is fighting Glover Check Texera next. Yeah, it's supposed to be. Although it's been called off a couple of times. Um, yeah, I would imagine the winner of that gets Glover. To me, will win that. But Glover's... I think one of them, the winner of that, will get Blachevich. However, I think a guy who really could do with the maybe title shot, or I think would be a good fight, is Rakic. Um, I feel like that could be an interesting fight. For, uh, yeah, but... you, you, I, I think out of everybody in that division right now, in that top ten, you, you've got to say record. She's probably the next in line to be the title holder at some point, don't you? Because yeah, it's because a... I look at it and I just think Johnny Walker's got a lot of work to do. Uh, Krylov, has got a bit of work to do. Anthony Smith hasn't looked too great the no. last couple of fights. Ostemir maybe. Uh, Jiri Prasaka, mm, very up and down in his performance. Rakic, I think, has been very consistent. And then you've got Glover, Texera versus... Yeah, Glover impresses me. But he's like 40 years old now, though, isn't he? Yeah, Glover? I'm all about but, the youth, mate, now. I yeah, but in that division, I think he's... Yeah, I just think he's still relevant. He looks... Yeah, oh, yeah, dominant. Look, absolutely, mate. And I really like his forward forward approach with his hands. It's not like wild. Everything's quite calculated. He really presses forward in on yeah. people and grinds people down. And he's got the ground as well. I think he's, you know, his ground shouldn't be overlooked. Um, he gets on top of you. He's going to be doing some damage. He's got great control from top position. So, yeah, I, I, I rate that Glover. I really do. I think, yeah, he's definitely in the mix there. What do you make of uh, Dominic Reyes' performance? What should he do next? But also... Did you see the bruise on his ribs against uh, Blauschewicz last night? I think it was yeah. a kick. It came up so... The yeah, it was instantaneous. so quick. Like, yeah, on I've that lead body. I've never seen something come up that quick before. Yeah, like you literally see... And dark. Yeah, you see a slow-motion kicker. You'd already landed the kick a few times to that lead body, that lead side of the ribs. And on um, one of them, on slow motion, you see it land. And then his, as his foot come away, you see it darken in colour instantaneously. I mean, ouch, that, that's got to hurt. That's got to hurt. Um, yeah, do you think he must have a, like a broken rib in the, to have bruises? I, um, I don't know whether it, 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 I don't know whether it, it's like that kind of impact. I think it was because it was slapping with the 
lower shin and part part of the foot. I think that it's literally whip like a whip, whipping the skin. Yeah, he uh, broke his. Um, so he's got a leg injury. He's broken his nose, and um, the, a significant uh, yeah significant rib injury. It says right. Okay, yeah. So he may well have a broken rib. Do you think it's time for Reyes to hang it up and concentrate on his? No, um, no, I don't think so. I think career. he, I think he's um, still a really relevant fighter. Um, well, how old is he? Thirty-six. Yeah, that's not, that's not no, really. He's not that old. He's thirty. Nah. Thirty. So yeah, he, he's um he's someone he's as well that's sort of like he's he suddenly got a lot of attention because he did really performed well against Jones and uh, I just think maybe he underestimated Jan a little bit here um yeah i just knew jean was the real deal and uh, yeah, this is why i went with pushing on haven't he over the yeah. last year like really really pushing on yeah yeah i just i think the way to beat jean is you you need to put pressure and constant pressure on him yeah you have to get this guy you don't want him to settle and, and outthink what, you. like almost break him mentally uh yeah just stop him thinking I, um I, I oh, think that, it, that it, left hand which finishes him, mate. Sorry. It's, oh uh, yeah, it, it's horrid. Wobbles him, and it's almost worse than being. You know when you see like a fighter knocked out. This mm. was almost worse, where they like wobble but stay on their feet. His nose is yeah. spread across his face. Yeah, he just looks like he does not know where he is. Yeah, but Rios, I mean, in his corner, they should have been telling him not to backtrack. So there's yeah. there's there's two ways you can circle away from an opponent. You you circle into them. Where you cut angle towards them, and you sort of like a, you, you're sort of like go, oh, I'm trying to get my hands into focus here. You sort of like meet each other and then skim off like so, yeah. um, or one can come towards you and, and and you back off and out. So you do like an outward circle. The reason why he was getting caught by that body kick was because he was going outward and circling. So Jean was coming forward with a short range hands, and as Rias tried to increase the the, the distance between them. Um, Jean was just throwing out that, that body kick and catching him on the retraction. Um, it was a really good strategy. And like I say, I really hope that it was a strategy uh, employed by his team and him because it, oh, it yeah, goes to show you, uh, yeah, because it goes to show you, hey, you know, these guys are going to have a plan for every single guy they're up against. And when plans I work, you win. Because I, I, Reyes it, it, has it got a dangerous way. right hand, haven't he? So they would have planned for the best way for Jan to be able to get off his strike. He's got that big shot, but the thing is left yeah. or his right, forget which one. Um, I know it was his left which took him out, but I think it's actually normally his right, but he's got that big yeah. shot with. But he was setting that up as a counter punch by trying to get Reyes to, to, to come forward. And it's similar to what Adesanya did to Costa. Um, yeah with the leg kicks, the body shots, and it worked. Because when when Reyes came forward, he hit him with those big shots. And Reyes, yeah. you know, with these guys, if they hit you with the precision and the power or the precision and the speed that they've got, you're going to go down unless you've yeah. got a chain of granite. And, you know, Reyes has mm. proven previously, not proven, but like we've seen with Reyes, that if you hit him uh, with clean shots, he can and will go down. As you know, yeah. most people will. Um, yeah. And it was interesting. Uh, next up at the main event, Israel Adesanya defending his title against Paolo Costa. They do not like each other. Everybody said Paolo Costa was going to walk him down and finish him, except me, Aaron Khalid, and Tom Mins. Yeah. You were the only people on the planet which said Israel Adesanya was going to be too good for him. 
we were right. Yeah, you absolutely was. I was really disappointed in Costa. He didn't play the right type of game with their physicality differences. Um, I think Costa was maybe thinking about the five-round duration too much. Um, I think Costa should have been trying to um, bust the nut and and put pressure on, um, on his opponent which he's never experienced before. He's never experienced pressure, so surely you want to put him under pressure. He just didn't do it. It's like he was waiting too long. It was, it was like uh, watching down the sight of a sniper that has a chance to, you know, get get his kill, and then they walk behind the building. He misses his shot, the chance of a shot. Mm. He just didn't let go of anything, and he got picked apart. But uh, what can you say? It's just it was touted to be such a exciting fighting with such a, a flop but let's not take anything away from Adesanya he's looking better and better each time it's looking like he's just you know, created a way to win but now other people have got to try and figure out a way to stop him winning in this fashion because he's just looking stronger and stronger before he's just a kicker but we've see, now seen that he's actually got really sharp hands ah man he's, he's just looking like no, no one to touch him in the division right now yeah, the thing which um, impressed me about Adesanya was, like, uh, he was ice cold. He was really precise, and he um, he had a perfect game plan for Costa. I texted one of my friends yesterday because I was re reread it this morning, um, and said if Adesanya can get through the first seven minutes, then I think he will just pick him apart until mm. he finishes it, probably in the third or fourth round. But Costa never came in the first seven no, like just I thought didn't he pull the trigger. Mm. However, I do think part of that was because uh, Adesanya's footwork was so good. He stayed out of range. He pieced up Costa's leg. Um, and you could tell the plan was to piece up his leg, chew it up. And, you, you know, look, I'm watching it now. Two minutes into the first round and Costa's leg is covered in red bruises where he's yeah. been pieced up. Like, that's two minutes in. Um, mm. And then he, he was hitting his leg, moving out, putting his leg, moving out. And then as soon as Costa came forward, Adesanya would move to the side and hit him with those counter shots, whether it was kicks yeah. or punches. And and rightly so, everyone talks about how good Adesanya's foot striking is, his kicking is, because he's a you know world-class kickboxer. But his hands are so fast, so they precise. He, yeah. did a lot of, he did most of his damage... Uh, or significant damage, I should say, with his hands. Like, I know those yeah. leg kicks. And I things like Costa was, like, putting his hands behind his back. And he, he was, was frustrated. Trying he, to taunt he, him. And, yeah, you're right. I think he was annoyed that he couldn't implement his own game plan. Sure. And he, yeah, his uh, leg was getting chewed up. For me, Costa, if he wanted to try to shut down Adesanya, you have to learn to fight both ways, both legs forward um, in part of your combination. So what I mean by that is you might start your combination with your left leg forward. And as Mm. you move forward, you literally make a step with that right side and continue to throw. And then that way you can um, adjust how you take that right leg forward as you switch your stance while you're throwing a combination to how they turn left or right. Because you see Adesanya was having no part of being in the pocket with Costa, which was absolutely right, because Costa's powerful and explosive, and yeah. uh, you don't want to be mixing in those ways. And Adesanya just was having none of it. Every time Costa did come f- forward, he, he would back away, he'd backpedal, look, looked almost negative at one point, um, really would just not engage in that close quarter fighting. Um, he, he picked the didn't range that he to, wanted to fight he? out. And, uh, well, exactly. You know, why, why should he? 
But like I say, Costa, if he was going to stand a chance of shutting Adesanya down in any way, he has to learn to blend forward with the other foot as he throws mm. um, to, to be able to try and catch up with the footwork disadvantage he clearly had with Adesanya with his left leg forward um, in, in one fixed piece position. He was just too predictable, too predictable. But Adesanya, amazing, you know, looking more and more impressive. And now you've got to look down the division and think, who's going to challenge him? Oh yeah. Um, so I'll get, I'll get to the challenges now. But like the second round, like Adesanya, I saw some people saying he was a bit disrespectful after the fight um, towards Costa. Like for me, if he had done, if he had behaved like he did, uh, just in a normal fight where there was no, uh, no kind of uh, animosity between the two of them, then I'd have probably said, yeah, there was no need for that. But Paulo Costa has been very, very disrespectful to Adesanya for probably about six months at least. Yeah. Uh, during Adesanya's last fight, Costa was at ringside and he was like screaming stuff at him and shouting during the fight. Right. Um, and you saw in Adesanya's post-fight interview in his last fight, um, he took that, he didn't like that at all, and he was found it very disrespectful, but Costa had left by the time he did mm. his interview. Right. Um, so I, I don't blame Adesanya, because he proved a point. He proved he yeah. was a better fighter. He proved he did it in dominant fashion. So you can kind of understand him being a bit like, there you go, that's what you get. For yeah. China. And a lot of people thought Costa was going to, you know, we're gonna work. Was gonna be the guy to dethrone Adesanya. Um, just watching the finish again now is uh, Adesanya is world class and like it's a shame. I would love to have seen a peak uh, John Jones fight Adesanya. I would love to yeah. have seen that. That would have been yeah. like an all-time great fight. Yeah, yeah. But uh, sadly, I don't think we'll ever see it. Oh. Then, uh, if John Jones is only interested in super fights, maybe. But then I don't happen. think. I think John Jones is more likely to fight heavyweight than he is to come down to middleweight. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's at the uh, age wait, that, now, unless they offered him. Yeah, uh, low I mean, Adesanya could come up to light heavy, and they could meet there. I can't see. Yeah, Jones ain't yeah. going to go down to middleweight. No, they could do it light heavyweight. And I like, just watching the end there. So the the end comes where Costa gets frustrated, goes for like a big body kick and he puts a lot behind it. And Ades you can almost see Adesanya's eyes light up because he catches yeah. the leg, hits him with a straight uppercut in the, almost in the solar plexus. Mm. And by this time he's already cut his eye and then it just leads to the... the yeah, I mean, gets when, someone's, and... when someone's footworking as much as they are, why go body kick? Why go well, body kick? It just doesn't make sense. It? it just doesn't make sense. You, you, you. When someone's footworking so much, you need to take away what's causing their mobility, which is their legs. And so you predominantly attack the lead leg, like he was having his lead leg attached. You attack the other person's lead leg likewise, um, because while you're using your lead leg to attack, it's therefore not being attacked. Um, and he and he did kick with his back leg to uh, Adesanya's lead leg a couple of times, and you know it it was landing. It wasn't like Adesanya was blocking it or slipping no. away from it he got success but he just didn't follow up on it he didn't no. he didn't keep throwing it out there he was just settling to to receive i think he had come out of strategical mode because of frustration and was fighting with too much actual real anger 
and it blinded him somewhat. He was getting frustrated. Played, played into Adesanya's hands exactly. Oh, absolutely, he did. And uh, Adesanya played it really cool, calculated, uh, and employed a near-perfect uh, strategy game. And if you watch it again, mate, watch the way when he gets that mount, Adesanya, he's so quick into the mount and he's it yeah, he is. It's game over. Yeah. Like the there was a bit of uh, probably a little bit of animosity behind those shots because he's got him mm. in full mount and he's just he knows it's over. And yeah, um, there's a bit behind those shots. Yeah, um, every single one that landed was a, a piece of humble pie being fed oh, yeah. to Costa. Yeah, but that's what it is. It's, it's almost like you doubted me. You, yeah, you know, you disrespected me. Um, mm. I'm the champ. I'm the champ for the reason. And yeah. now you know. Yeah, yeah, quite right. Uh, yeah, proved a point. So, in this division, it's an interesting one because you've got Robert Whitaker's fighting Gerard Canier. Uh, very soon, I think in a couple of weeks. Um, but then you've also got Jack Herm- Hermanson is fighting Darren Till. Now, I don't think they'll do Whitaker versus Adesanya again just yet because Adesanya just pieced him apart. Mm. So I don't think you could sell that fight just yet unless Robert Whitaker does something very, very special, which he is capable of doing. Uh, yeah. to Kanye. Uh could you give it to Kanye? Yes, I think you can. Um he's ranked number three, he's on a bit of a impressive streak. So if he was to beat Whitaker in a fairly convincing way, I think you could do that. Um if that fight you know, if Whitaker wins or if Kanye doesn't really, you know, do something particularly impressive in the fight, I think if Jack Hermanson was to beat Darren Till, you could do Adesanya versus Hermanson. The only problem being, I don't think you can do Darren Till versus Herman, uh, versus Adesanya. Um, Darren Till's got got to get some wins before you can yeah, think yes, about the title yeah. picture. Um, I don't I think, think there's. Hermanson I don't think that. Do yeah, I, I just don't think anyone in that division looks like they're stylistically gonna. Put any pressure? No, I, don't, I just can't see it. I think Adesanya should make a legacy of himself and go up, up a weight, or, or come down a weight if it's possible. Edmund to do. Shabassian, maybe like in yeah, but... a year or two, but I don't think he's anywhere near ready yet. Mm. Whereas I was just looking at the the light heavyweight division, you could slot Adesanya in there with the likes of Blaschewicz, Rakic, uh, Ozdemir, you know, Krylov, Johnny Walker. Misha Sirkinov, Dominic mm. Reyes, Thiago Sanchez. Yeah, I mean, how about him, you know, coming up weight and fighting, fighting Reyes as, yeah. as his first fight up? I think that'd be good. You know, Reyes has got to try and re-implement himself. And well, uh, Adesanya could, you know, make an early statement by defeating someone like Reyes. I, I think that would be a really good match. I've got to say, I would, I, they won't do it unless Johnny Walker does something, you know, special for a few fights I'd love to see mm. Adesanya fight Johnny Walker just from a stylistic point of view because they mm. come up with some creative stuff um, yeah I wonder whether he'll come up to light heavyweight fight like say a Reyes and then a Sanchez a, a Santos mm. or a Rakic and then fight if he wins both of them at light heavy then fight John Jones in like a super fight sure um, after he's had a couple but I do I it's whether John Jones has got his eyes on the heavyweight title because like if he's mm. going to fight light heavyweight then what was the point in vacating the title really yeah may yeah. as well have kept it um mm. but yeah not so uh, 
interesting card again. Got some great women's fights next week, mate. Um, to uh, let me have a look. Main know. event and uh, main event and Kona main event, both female fights next week. Yeah. So we've got uh, Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana, which uh, uh, let me have a, a good one. Yeah, I don't know about Holly Holm anymore. You know, I'm. I don't know, no, just think normally might... decent fights to watch, though. Yeah, they're definitely decent fights. I just wonder whether she's on her way out now. Possibly. I wonder. Still ranked number two. Big yeah, I'm for surprised. Aldana. If Aldana can pick up the win, there's a massive yeah. statement for her. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, who have you got in yeah. that fight, mate? Uh, that's a real hard one. I mean, mm, on, on paper for experience of caliber of opponents holly holmes got it but i don't know so to me she's on her way up and holly Holmes, you know she hasn't been impressing me you I mean, she she's really been seen as a striker but a striking's become a bit ploddy and she's clinches up a lot without the ability to do a takedown mm. so i just wonder whether she's got the full dexterity to beat adelana uh, I'm, I'm gonna go for uh irene okay yeah and then we have Jerain uh, Durandamine versus Juliana Penner. Yeah, mm. I, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Penner. Okay, I'm going to go Aldana, and I'm going to go Durandamine. Um, and then there was another fight which caught my eye. Where's that one gone? Uh, Kyla Phillips is fighting. Uh, in the male division, uh, he's very highly rated by uh, some people I know, so I'll be yeah. looking out, looking out for him. Yeah, and, I'd uh, say him. We've also got uh, another female fight, which I think will probably be on the prelims, which is uh, Lomo Lukbun Mi versus Jin Ye Frey. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Um, mm. We've got a couple of um, looks. Yeah, uh, interesting fighters there. So that'd be, you know, it'd be interesting cards. Not, not too many big, big names on there, but quite often these have been the ones which have been very entertaining good with matchups. Recently. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean uh, they're uh, going to be good matchups there. Yeah, Jorgen De Castro's fighting, and uh, Dequan Townsend, another one who's been, you know, spoken of as a potential big name in the future. So they'll be interesting. Mm. Um, and then we've got some cracking events coming up. I know, so that'll be next week. And then obviously the week after that, you're not with us because you're with uh, Modestus. What date is Modestus's fight? Is that the Saturday so, the 10th? That's, uh, is it, te uh, hang on. Um, oh, don't, I can't look because it's on my phone. <laughs> um, I think it's the 10th. Got yeah. Um, is it the Sandhagen card he's on? Uh, uh, no, isn't it 17th? Oh, so it's after then. Yeah, but I have to go out quite a bit a earlier because of the testing, yeah. Yeah, so it's the Saturday the 17th. Yeah. Uh, Brian Ortega, he's on the Brian Ortega versus Korean Zombie card. I know. Oh, Who's your money man. on for that? that that's going to be a hell of a fight, that is. It's going to be a brawl. Um, I'll go with Korean Zombie, I think, for that. Yeah. So, yeah, so that now you've got uh, Ortega, Korean Zombie, You've got Modestus versus Jimmy Crute, John Phillips versus He Young Park. So that's going to be a sensational card. So that means you're going to be away for two Sundays then, does it? 
that might be the case. Yes, it will be. Be too for two reasons. I might possibly be able to do it while I'm out there. To be honest. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'll sort out um, a replacement with a fighter or a journalist, and then if you can join us as well, we'll do a three-man yeah. one. If not, I'll just do it with. Yeah, I'm pretty certain it should should be all right to do. To be honest, or at least yeah, one of them. So we got the Holly Home uh, bout next week. Then the week after is uh, Marlon Marias versus Corey Sandhagen, and Ben Rothwell's also fighting. Then the week after we got the Ortega Korean Zombie with Modestas, and then the week after that is the card: UFC two five four, Khabib Gaethje, oh, yeah. Islam Islam Makhachev versus Rafael dos Anjos, uh, Magmed uh, Ankalov versus Kutlaba, Stefan Struve versus Ty Tuseve. Quite a surprise he's still in it, Stefan Struve. He's had a lot of losses, hasn't he? Yeah, the guy he's fighting, though, is uh, they like him. Uh, Ty Tuvasa. Uh, And you've Mm. also got Khabib's brother fighting on that card on the prelims. Um, Mm. And I believe that... um, What's his name? What's the big guy now, the one that they love at the moment? Uh, Chemayev, is it? Chemayev. Oh, right, is he he back on? Uh, Kazmat Chmaev, he'll be on soon enough. I right. don't know. I, I'd be very surprised if he's not on Fight Island because mm. he wants a fight. But I think he's having trouble finding a fight. Um, right. He actually today has called out Israel Desanya, I've just seen. Oh, um, right, really? I mean, he's got the. He's got definitely. It appears that he's got the power and the striking to demand respect Russia. from Adesanya. And, um, yeah, would he be able to... Because we haven't really... Has Adesanya ever been taken down? I don't think he has, has he? No, not, not for, like, an extended mm. uh, thing. So, look, they're, Why looking not? At, um, <laughs> they're looking at setting up a showdown for Stephen Thompson to fight Chemayev, but nothing kind of... They were trying to get that done for UFC 253 last night, right. but they weren't able to sort it. Um, Adesanya is looking to fight Gerard Kanye after his his fight with Whitaker if he can beat Whitaker, but there's a lot of ifs and buts in that. There um, is, yeah. Oh, I tell you what, I would I would love to see but both those fights I've just read about Chimaev versus Stephen Thompson and Chimaev versus Adesanya. I'm down for both of those. Yeah, yeah. I think they'd be doing incredible stuff there. Yeah. He's an exciting fighter, Chimaev is. Um, yeah. Dana White's very confused by Paolo Costa's def- uh, performance. Yeah, uh, disappointing. Mm. I think don't want to take too much credit away from Adesanya because I really no, he, like he, was, he was outstanding. Yeah, he was perfect with his strategy. You know, what can you say? Indeed. And uh, finally, McGregor and uh, Dana White are just going back and forth, which is normally means there's a fight around the corner for <laughs> Conor McGregor. McGregor needs some kind of attention every now and yeah. then. He just needs to pop up and see his well, name up in He's been quite vocal for the last three weeks. We've had to talk about something about him. So I wonder yeah. whether... I, Nate I, Diaz I, has popped up again as well yeah. um, on social media. So I wonder whether we may see them face yeah, off in yeah. their trilogy fight. So, sometimes I wonder whether the way Dana White mentioned about 
well, he never mentioned uh, when he was being asked questions and put questions. And Conor McGregor's name was mentioned. He goes, "Well, what can I say? He's retired. He, he ain't fighting this year." He was writing, Conor, he like, "Forget about him." And I don't think mm. Conor likes it. I think he knew how to play Conor back back in without yeah. having to say, "Hey, come back for yeah, this amount of millions." Back. Yeah. No, he's just like, oh, okay, we move on he's from retired. you. Then. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and we've also got some interesting uh, stuff next week. Lewis Long's fighting on the Bellator card on 1st of October. Uh, I think Come on, Lewis is, Long. First is Thursday, I think. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll cover that in the show. And um, there's a, there's another, I think there's another Welsh guy on that card. Um, I'll have a look, quick look now because um, we'll do predictions for those fights as well. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Bellator 1st of October but yeah Lewis Long's on that card I think there's another Welsh fighter and there's another uh, English fighter as well uh, it's the first ever event in Paris uh, not, not Paris this one's in Milan and then they do it they're also doing one in uh, Paris about a week later as well I think that's the one so, that Linton's on what's that the Paris one I think so amazing uh, so, Bellator 247, full card has been announced, which is Thursday, 1st of October, in Milan. Uh, the main event is Paul Daly of England versus American oh. Derek, Derek Anderson. Um, Co-main event, Norbert Novini versus Laid Zerhouni. I'm not familiar with either of them. Mm. Then you've also got main card action with the England fl English flyweight title challenger, Kate Jackson, takes on Dutch Bellator kickboxing champion, uh, Denise Kyle Hortz. Um, what else we got? Uh, so we got uh, Bobby Pallet, I think is the one I was thinking of. He's a British fighter, I believe. I think he might be Welsh, actually. Uh, Lewis Long is fighting G Giovanni Melillo. And Bobby Pallet is fighting Justin Burlingson. Right. Um, Kaiwan Gracie. Is fighting Constantine, someone I can't pronounce. Um, so there's some interesting fights on that Bellator card. So we'll have a we'll have a copy of that. And it's obviously it's on the Thursday, so that means we'll have a bit of time to work out the fights and watch some of them and stuff. Um, just want to very quickly before we finish off. Do you think Lewis Long will take that fight, mate? Uh yeah, I think so. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think he's got it. He's very, uh, well, I've spoken to him a bit recently, and he's very, uh, very focused. Um, he's and because he, he obviously he's got access to a gym all the way through lockdown. He's mm. been training very hard. Yeah, Bobby Pallet is a Welsh undefeated fighter. I thought he was. Uh, he's five and zero oh as a pro. Uh, he's called the Body Snatcher. Fights at fights. I don't know what way he fights because oh, welterweight. Um, so, but I'm going to keep an eye on him because I've heard he's uh, pretty good. So, yes, lots, lots to do. Right, lots, lots coming to talk up, about next good. week, mate. Lots of great stuff yeah. coming up. Um, yeah. But I enjoyed that, mate. Thank you very much for your yes. time. Yes, no, cheers, sir, and everyone who's listening. Yeah, and cheers to everyone who's watched, downloaded, subscribe to youtubecom nation for all the latest shows. We've got individual social media pages for the Danny Button Show, which is Danny at Danny Batten FS and also the the hub of all the podcasts at Acecast underscore nation.
give us a follow, get involved in the conversation, and uh, you can of course send questions for us, uh, for Danny and for the guests. We'll, uh, we'll probably have some guests over the next few weeks as well. I've got a few lined up, different fighters, to talk about their recent experiences, or maybe their upcoming experiences. You never know. But uh, until then, we shall see you next Wednesday. Uh, I also check out all my exclusive uh, Cage Warriors interviews, which I did uh, in the run-up to Cage Warriors, uh, the trilogy. At, uh, I think about seven or eight in the end of different fighters. So uh, check out them. They're all on that playlist, nicely set up on the YouTube channel. Cheers, guys. Podcast Network.